Well, the BM Championship is tomorrow, and there are some super interesting scenarios that we need to pay attention to as we watch who out of this top 70 make it in the top 30. So let's talk about it real quick. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart from Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me here today. I am actually coming to you from a, um, not from the studio, which is, again, uh, not a studio at all, just the uh, desk in my office. I'm actually coming to you from a a, a lovely basement in the suburbs of Denver and um, had a great day today. We came in, my son and I came in on, our, on a, uh, a plane this morning and then uh, checked into a conference we're attending for the next few days. And then we drove into Denver and uh, got to meet up with some dear friends, um, uh, one of whom has been with me for the last 10, 12 years in the mastery program with Fred Shoemaker. And uh, he and I are uh, probably the two geekiest guys when it comes to technology and golf that I know of. And uh, my my son had to, at one point, suffer through uh, us really geeking out. So on um, some really cool stuff. But we took some time looking at uh, some swing bite information and data. And then we also listened to a, uh, a video from Fred that he'd sent back and, and then talked a little bit about some of the uh, stuff that we were seeing in his swing from swing bite. And also this, um, well, it's like a hack motion kind of a contraption that hooks onto your wrist and your forearm and measures the uh, the movement essentially of your wrist in the golf swing. And that was pretty fun to look at and mess with and discuss. So, but yeah, when we go deep, we go deep and we had a good time doing that today, but went out to dinner with them, had a great night kind of scene. They showed us the, the, uh, showed us Denver, their Denver, which was really super fun to see. And we had a great night. It was really awesome. But, um, anyway, I wanted to jump in here before we, my voice is probably a little low because I don't want to uh, to wake anybody up. My poor boy, he fell asleep pretty close to, pretty close to when he laid down. So, but anyway, so there's a, there's this cons, there's this idea, right? When we go into the PGA champion, when we go into the, the, the tournament, the um, playoffs, excuse me, they tell us that there's a lot of volatility going on within this event. And I don't know if volatility has always been really the the case. It's been more of because we really didn't understand how it all worked. It was always a bit of surprise, right? At the end of the tournament, we never knew who was going to win what. So like last year, you've got Tiger Woods who wins the tour championship, the tournament itself, and you've got Rory McIlroy who becomes your FedEx Cup winner. And so you had two you know, victors, I guess there. And it was sort of an interesting situation. And anyway, they've taken steps obviously to prevent that. So if you win at East Lake, you win it all. And, and that's that. And they're going to do that by this graduated schedule of scores. And um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But tomorrow starts the BMW championship. And that is not being played that way. You've essentially got these 70 players that are trying to get into that top 30 and there's some notables here that are going to have a really hard time doing that. So I wanted to jump in and kind of go over those, 
So you can kind of be looking at that. And this comes from the PGA Tour, um, PGA Tour.com, the stats portion of it. And I started to go out and do it myself and then re- found this page. And I was like, wow, they'd already done all the work for me. But it's super fascinating to kind of get an idea of who really has a chance and who doesn't. And I really like the way that the PGA Tour kind of set it out. They basically said, look, you take the top 22 and statistically speaking, it's going to be very hard for anybody below um, that to, to really knock these top 22 out because they have such a, you know, a, a handy points lead on everybody else. So those 22 are what they're being called the likely to proceed, right? Likely to, likely to make it onto East Lake, which is um, a, a nice way of, of putting it, um, I, I guess, making it sound more volatile than it actually is. But so you've got 22 that are really likely to expand. And then you've got, you know, the remaining of the 70 that are really going to have to play well to do it. So just wanted to run this down really quick. You've got Charles Howell III, who's obviously won this year. He um, is projected, he needs to finish in 70th place or higher in order for him to make it, right? Sounds pretty good. There's only 70 people playing. And frankly, um, Kevin already dropped out. So at the very worst, (laughs) Charles Howe will finish 69th. And so projected to make it for sure. Um, Then Tommy Fleetwood, it says here, again, to make it into that top, he's he's got to finish 44th or better, okay, out of 70 players. Um, some other ones that I thought were pretty interesting. Harold Varner the third, who played amazingly well last year, he needs to finish. Tw- I mean, last week, twenty first or higher in order to play in East Lake. You've got Ryan Palmer who had a win, and then Jason Kokrak who played like crazy to get in. Ryan Palmer needs to finish nineteenth or higher out of the seventy players, and Jason Kokrak needs to finish seventeenth or higher. Then you've got uh, Hideki Matsuyama, which this was surprising to me. He needs to finish 15th. So he actually is behind Ryan Palmer and Jason Kokrak to get in there. Francesco Molinari um, needs to finish 15th or higher. And then Tiger Woods, who obviously withdrew last week and says he's feeling better this week. He needs to finish 11th or higher in order for him to make it to the Tour Championship to defend you know, to defend there at East Lake. Uh, some of the other, other notables here, um, Billy Herschel, I guess, needs to finish 10th or better. Ian Poulter needs to finish 10th or better. So I'm hoping for a, I'm hoping for 11th or worse for Ian Poulter. Uh, Jordan Spieth needs to finish 9th or better. So essentially do exactly what he did last week and he will continue and play on at East Lake. Uh, Jason Day needs to finish 5th or better. Uh, Kevin and I withdrew. Oh, Colin Morikawa. In fact, I wanted to talk about Colin a little bit because there was a discussion. In fact, I did a whole podcast on it, and I got a question from uh, Rick. Rick was his name uh, earlier this week when he was asking uh, why I really didn't find Matthew Wolf to be very uh, interesting. In fact, I find Matthew Wolf to be um, probably one of the worst things that's happened to amateur golf in quite some time. But um, and, and then at that particular time, when Matthew Wolf had won that tournament and Colin Morikawa was, you know, second and right on his, his heels, um, I, I came out and said, hey, if, if you made me to if you had me choose one of the two swings that I could use the rest of my life, I would take 
Collins any day of the week. I mean, I, nobody would want to touch. I mean, I'm suffering injuries as, as it is. I try to swing like um, Matthew Wolf, and I may not walk again. I mean, it's a, it's just a disaster. I just find it. Um, the problem with it is, and I guess this is the question from Rick is like, why do I have such a problem with it? Well, the problem is it's so unbelievably unnatural that, um, there's no way for the body to just, um, handle those types of forces for, uh, you know, as repetitively as these tour pros hit the ball over and over and over again. I don't care how much you work out. I mean, look at Tiger Woods. I don't, you do the same thing poorly, enough times you're going to get hurt. And I just think Matthew Wolf is going to get hurt. And then you look at the variability in his golf swing. He's, um, he's not as consistent as Colin Modikawa. And I know everybody freaked out because he, you know, made that, I mean, come on, he made that bomb on the 18th hole to win the tournament. Colin Modikawa really should have top, should have topped him there. At least put it on top of him. He had the better putt. He hit the better approach shot. I, I realize that's golf, but I mean, since that time, I mean, Colin's still playing and uh, Wolf isn't. Uh, Matthew's gone home. So um, that's, that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not, again, it's amazing. It's, it's frankly amazing what Matthew Wolf has been able to do with such a horrible golf swing. I guess that's the thing. Let me go back to uh, <laughs> nobody, nobody likes that. Um, I, I guess I, I go back. It reminds me of when uh, Phil Mickelson came out and said it was incredible that Tiger Woods was doing so well with such poor equipment. Right. Remember that? That was that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good quip there. But uh, anyway, so that's what all I mean there. Colin Modicao is still playing and uh, Wolf is not. And and when you look at what. So I was this is what brought it up. So you've got. Uh, well, we've got Graham McDowell, too, and. I can't even believe Cameron Champ fit in, um, played so well and got in here, but he's got to finish fourth or better. Um, but Colin Modikawa has to finish fourth as, and better as well. And we know that that um, Wolf just didn't make it. So that speaks volumes as far as I'm concerned. Let's see, a couple others. Uh, Graham McDowell needs to finish third or better. And then you've got a couple winners here, <clears throat> Keegan Bradley and I mean, they've got to, you're going to have some winners, it looks like, on the PGA Tour that are not going to make it to Eastlake and the Tour Championship, which I am quite amazed by. I mean, it's not enough just to win anymore. You've got to win and play consistently now with this new format or you're just not going to make it. And so that's pretty, uh, that's pretty amazing as well. So anyway, those are the things to keep an eye out for, obviously, um, for the folks listening to, hey, we're looking, you know, Phil Mickelson's got to finish sixth. Jordan Spieth's got to finish ninth or better. Um, and really, Charles Howell III's going to be in for sure. Tommy Fleetwood will probably have no problem. Oh, Shane Lowry, he's got to finish 29th or better. Right? A, a major champion winner. He just didn't play enough over here to uh, pick up enough points. But we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Hope you are as well. Hope you uh, are planning on playing a little golf here as we I'm definitely feeling cooler temperatures in the morning as I go to work. So hopefully get out and play a little bit. And until next time, this is Aaron Stewart saying better golf always means, excuse me, better data always means better golf. It's too late. Good night. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.